Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome to Conservative Daily. We are so happy that you're here joining us today. I am your host, Ash Epp. And I am Joe Oltman. And we're pretty excited because we made some changes to the studio. We did, and we're sitting up tall. And yeah. Now we just have to get the, the new earmuffs in for you that are yeah. non-earmuffy, yeah. and then we'll be good, which yeah. they say it'll be in this week, but who knows. So this is another, uh, another show where we had a different show planned, but then something happened and we just had to talk about it, and I am so excited. Uh, today we're going to be talking about election fraud in New Mexico. And, uh, and there explosive was evidence. Explosive, explosive. evidence. Um, yeah, this 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 hearing got pretty fire. Uh, I woke up to this at 4 a.m. Uh, Holly sent me a text. You've got to watch this. This is must see. And uh, and it, she was certainly she was certainly correct. So so one of the things that this brings me back to, and we, you know, I was on a call this morning early, and that call we we talked directly about. Hey Joe, um, and it was Seth Kessel. So mm-hmm. Seth Kessel called me, and said, you know, hey Joe, the, all the stuff that's coming out about Dominion and coming out about the machines. Um, you know, the, I don't know if you saw what what David uh, has uh, in the in the uh, hearing, mm-hmm. what David and Aaron uh, uh, Clemens had had uncovered, but it lines up with everything we're seeing in every other state. And I got a chance to watch it live nice. because Brian had it on on his show. Yep. I mean, I don't know if it was live, but it was live on his feed. It was on CanCon. Yep. Yeah, and. Um, so without without any further, let's just bring let's bring David and Aaron on. David and Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ash. Hey. Yeah, we're we're really excited that you're here. So um, for you know for you know when we saw two thousand mules, I went with some friends to see two thousand mules, and uh, Patriot Amy, who's a, a gal here, wrote a blog post afterwards that I put up on my site called "You Might Be an Election Nerd If," and it was about all the you know silly fun things about going to see a movie about. Uh, about election ballot trafficking, but I felt I, I was remembering that this morning as I was like so ex- I was listening to your hearing and you know getting excited and cheering and uh, you know getting angry at other parts and I was thinking yeah I'm, I'm an election nerd. But for folks who aren't election <laughs> nerds, can you give us a little bit of background on what's the landscape in New Mexico, the landscape in Otero that kind of set the the premise for this meeting, this hearing? It's been a back alley knife fight from day one. We've got wonderful commissioners. Aaron was the chief architect of a 261-page fraud report. And this isn't voter fraud. This is systemic election fraud. And she worked with many experts like Draza Smith, Dr. Frank's work, Seth Keschel's work. And that got us uh, an entryway into a, a door to present findings to the Otero County Commission, one of the few commissions that actually had the courage to hear from us. And uh, we partnered with them. Um, ended up lining up a prime contractor by the name of uh, Echo Mail, which was headed up by Dr. Shiva, and we were off to the races. Uh, 
almost immediately, there are Democrat operatives that fabricated an event that never happened. They used a highly selected video and claimed they were intimidated by our canvassers. And as a, um, based on that pretext, the Daily Beast wrote an article. And from that article, the U.S. Congressional Oversight Committee launched a full-scale attack against everyone in this audit and wage lawfare. So instead of Shiva doing the work of a very modest $50,000 contract, I mean, compare that to the $11 million that we saw allocated for Maricopa, um, you're paying an attorney 300 to 500 bucks an hour to defend stuff. So they're going to eat up the contract in weeks. And that was their intention. So uh, this was a public-private partnership. We did not telegraph that we had many, many experts because we didn't want them to be destroyed by Congress. And uh, you got to see a snippet of some of that expertise last night through the work of Jeff Lenberg, who's a nation state vulnerability expert. Most people are familiar with him through his work in Antrim County. He was the first person to have those clips go out on OAN, where all of the claims from Dominion, that they couldn't be hooked up to the internet, that you couldn't flip votes. He was able to demonstrate that using the existing software on those machines. And uh, I believe he's got 10 expert reports that people can find that were attached to Matt DiPerno's case with Bill Bailey. Um, so we've been fighting back and forth and we've just got startling findings. About a week and a half ago, uh, we learned something that was critical, which really characterizes what's going on in Otero County as a crime scene. And there was a wiping of the entire project file for the November 3rd, 2020 general election. Records for all the other elections are there, but when it came to November 3rd, 2020, gone. So that's the lead, uh, but there's much more fraud that we're uncovering. And we're going to continue to provide information over the next days and weeks. Um, I've got about six hours of recorded material with nation state level experts. And um, I've been holding on to this for the right time because once people are out there, their lives are put in jeopardy. And I've been holding on to a lot of this information since September because it, the timing just hasn't been right. Um, in uh, the wake of 2000 mules though, there's just so many cracks in the dam that are, that are going out there where the enemy is now scrambling like crazy. And uh, it, the timing was right. So you mentioned 2000 mules during the uh, during the hearing but and I was I was really pleased because you mentioned it in the appropriate context. It is a component of the architecture of fraud. It is one piece and one part of the architecture of fraud. But to restore election integrity, we can't just go after the CTCL Zuckerbucks. We can't just go after the ballot mules. Um, we have to decentralize. We have to have smaller precincts. We have to have local hand counting at the precinct level. One day, one vote, ID and the the mules I think rightfully are getting a lot of attention and this film um, is is getting a, a good amount of visibility. People who thought that there was no evidence of fraud are now realizing, oh wow, this is this is an organized an organized crime situation that we're dealing with. Um, but uh, you know, I, I the architecture of fraud for I, I think you know comes down to three things. It comes down to fake ballots, fake voters, and fake counts, right? And I and what I was I was you know, when we're going to get into, we have a lot of different cuts of the hearing. We're going to get into a lot of the detail of what you guys went through. But you touched on all three, uh, you know, getting into voter rolls, getting into machines. Um, uh, I was I was really impressed by that, especially because I've watched a lot of these hearings. And this was a relatively short one. Right. In terms of the, the legislative and, uh, and county level hearings that we've seen on election integrity. But you really nailed it in terms of the the, the big picture 
of election fraud. So can you talk just a little bit before we get into the details about the your, your strategy for going into this into this meeting? Well, the overall strategy, and then and Aaron can, uh, I, I talk too much, so let me just uh, get this out. The overall strategy is what we've been promoting since October, which is the county commission strategy. It's the only strategy that I know that actually empowers we the people, where we don't delegate away our power in the hopes that we get an entire Republican legislature decide with us because we know that they're not. Um, we don't put all of our hopes into a lawsuit for a corrupt judge to ignore us. And so the target audience is very small. It's three to five commissioners and that's your audience. And so last night we were able to model um, what it looks like when you've got a packed room of constituents saying, look, this I'm not going to have a math debate with you on the statistical anomalies. I mean, we can do it. I'm not going to have a debate with you over these machines. There's just too many red flags. It's a, this is a public trust issue. And the, the public trust has been violated. So we're, we're making a demand. We're not asking. We want to get back to a paper-based election. And we've seen successes in Nye County, 5-0 vote. Esmeralda County, 3-0 vote. Rio Blanca County, I think 2-1. to one. Mm -hmm. And Otero's next. And, and so what we're finding is our power has always been with we the people. And uh, we've been waiting for someone, some politician, some judge to just affirm the truth. And the truth isn't the truth just because a judge says it, says it or a politician says it. The truth is the truth. And each of us are messengers of that truth. Um, so I, I hope that the template's been set. And what's great about the strategy is that the most ignored, abandoned counties, the rural counties, middle America, can take ownership and change it. And you're basically taking out a Jenga block on the stack of mm -hmm. fraud. And you start comparing straight paper-based paper elections versus the, uh, the driven ones. And we've already found massive anomalies with the scheme that's in place now. Imagine what we're gonna see when we can start comparing straight elections to the gained ones. So, so I, wanna, um, I, wanna, I wanna ask this question really quick, Aaron, if, if I can, or mm -hmm. at least make, make this statement. Um, the, what you saw, this is a question, what, what you saw in Otero is not much different than what you saw in Antrim or what was seen in Mesa. It, it was just more, it, it fortified that when you went in to look for those things, they just weren't there. The election wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so they, they destroyed evidence related to the election, which shows you that it's systematic. Or, you know, my belief is a systematic. Maybe you can talk to that in, inside the machines. Is that, what, is that what you found? Did, did you find the similarities so that it's systematic, that it's across the board with all of Dominion systems? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to Mesa in that Dominion shows up and they're gonna help you out with a, you know, update of some kind. And then you Trusted find them. out that when you look, yes, when you, and they don't call it that mm. here, um, but when you, when you look, there's things that should be there that are no longer there. Um, and the fact that they did it when an audit was ongoing and the audit had been approved, we had already asked for access to the machines. Um, it was by no means settled that we wouldn't get them. We had a nasty ground from the Secretary of State, um, oh, that you can't have them, but you know, we made it clear that we're not we're not done trying to get them. And we actually kind of thought, you know, the best way to do it would be to show fraud in the data or on the ballots and then turn it over to the criminal investigation, which is where it belongs and it should have been there, you know, from day one. So I, f I feel a little vindicated. I just want to be clear. I keep getting more yeah. and more vindicated <laughs> as, as time goes on yeah. because 
Um, there, there are some detractors that have said really awful things about me of recent. <laughs> and I know you guys are, that's not uh, um, a new news to you either. Um, yeah. You know, Dr. Shiva stepped out of this stepped out of this and obviously they attacked his company and him pretty hard um you know th that shows you kind of what the the radical left is willing to do i mean david you, you talked about how you were and i know I'm, I'm, I'm maybe i'm putting you on the spot and ask you if i could ask you this question but you did try to contact him for well over a week and he just disappeared yeah. um i assume the worst i actually you know for after about 10 days of silence uh, I was looking into doing welfare checks to see if someone could just drive by his house and knock on the door, see if he's okay. Um, through back channels, I got a hold of his attorney. And his attorney effectively said that all communications are going to be cut off because Congress was issuing subpoenas for all communications between the audit teams, meaning they weren't going to stop with Shiva. They were looking at every aspect of our audit. And so at that point, we couldn't communicate. That, that was a weaponized form of intimidation um, while the legal bills would, would mount. And, um, and so instead of directing his attention on the aspects of the audit, he did a very, very small sliver. And uh, we got back the data. And what we didn't share to a lot of folks is that we had independent experts all over the country that have been looking at different aspects and we still have them working on it. So we, uh, I can't say that we anticipated fully just how uh, just how terrible this tyranny is man I, there's no other way to describe it to have an entire oversight committee from congress focused on little otero county a county commission audit all based on a sham encounter that never happened all it took was one propaganda uh article from these and congress was there to, to accuse us of basically having civil rights violations, voter intimidation. And the only people that have been threatened in this entire uh, audit has been our canvassers, Aaron and myself. And then our, our commission has received many threats as well. And they're, they're going after little Otero County and all of you while ignoring egregious evidence of, of yes. a massive crime. And that's, that, oh, it's, that's it's, yeah. Go ahead. Well, well just you know, under the law, preservation of election records, 22 months. Yep. Those, those critical files from November 3rd, 2020, that's a violation of state law. It's a violation of federal law. And then there's also um, statutory authority for when you destroy you know, some of the media that's out there that you're looking at a fourth degree felony. So that's 18 months in prison as far as New Mexico law is concerned. And depending on how many people that are involved in this, you know, you've got a corporate defendant right now. Dominion is a corporate person and corporate persons can be tried criminally. And so when you look at uh, prosecution done in the past, you start looking at uh, co-conspirators. You start looking at people like John Palos and Eric Coomer. Uh, these are these would be co-defendants if I was running this case, because you've got criminal action there's a crime scene. And where does the buck stop? I mean, you're looking at access and opportunity in any investigation. And the only people that had access and opportunity to, to wipe vital records were Dominion and people that were there that had control of the room in the clerk's office. 
we believe that the clerks uh, are, are uh, willfully ignorant is probably the best way that I can summarize. Other people might disagree, um, but they were surprised. They were shocked a week and a half ago when we discovered this. They did not understand how layered and sophisticated it was because you had the appearance on the machines as if the files were still there. And then we start digging, they're not. There's basically a superficial uh, wall that tells us everything's fine, yep. but those project files are gone. So I'm going to do an ad read because we're going to jump into some cuts uh, for last night. Um, so this podcast brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Today's, uh, um, if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, uh, do you like to hike or spend time outdoors? Um, God forbid something happened to you. But if it does, um, you want to make sure your entire family is protected in a medical emergency if you ever need to be air medically transported. A health insurance won't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight, and there's high deductibles if they do. But with Air Medcare Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. Um, simply, as a, as a listener, you can get a $50 Visa gift card when you sign up today. So visit airmedcarenetwork.com daily and use promo code daily to receive that $50 Visa gift card. I do want to tell you that I've been a member for a year and a half. And I haven't had to use it. <laughs> um, That's a good thing. But it is it is fire insurance, but I do recommend it for everyone. They've been a long-term sponsor of the show. Okay. So we're going to jump now into into some cuts from the hearing uh, last night. And just so Aaron and, and David, so that you know, these are not in the order. They're going to be a little out of order for you. They're in the order that I want to talk about them in. So. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so uh, you know, I want to want to go back to you know fake fake voters, fake ballots, and fake counts. There there are many ways that they combine different tactics to bring about one of those outcomes, and those three outcomes come together into the architecture of fraud. And so I want to talk uh, first, uh, getting into a little bit about your voter roles, uh, Mr. Producer. Can you please play cut B four? Okay, so what I wanted to get into now that I have an introduction. Um, Alex Curtis is tied to NGOs, Brock the Vote, um, and that Center for Civic Life. He was involved in all of that stuff to give those third parties this enhanced access. Um, and one of the things I discovered through our IPA requests um, were that Maggie and Alex sent some strange emails on Election Day. Um, so Alex is currently the communications director for the Secretary of State, and what that job entails is he writes press releases and he writes Facebook posts. He's not technical, theoretically, um, he probably doesn't have his hands in the data, he's not running elections, he's writing Facebook posts. So that's what makes um, what I'm about to show you um, very strange. So there were five emails sent between these people. Um, the first was at 11 a.m. on election day. I mean, sorry, 8 a.m. on 8 a.m. on election day. 11 a.m. And then there were two very close together. There was one at 3:18 p.m. And and Maggie said, "This is a just for me, just now report in that email." And then 12 minutes later, she sends what she called the official numbers. 12 minutes later, and then there was a 7 p.m. report. So if you could go to the next slide, please. So what was in those emails? Um, this is the first one that was sent. This is the 8 a.m. 820. It originates with Alex Curtis, again, Facebook post writer. But he, for some reason, is sending the Secretary of State the ballot counts for the entire state. So Otero County is in there. Um, all our counties are in there. It has the total ballot counts, and then it has all the counties broken out by their party. Okay, and then 
uh, he sends that to Secretary of State Maggie Tulos Oliver. Maggie Tulos immediately sends it to Catherine Clark. So who is Catherine Clark? If you could go to the next slide, please. I mentioned her earlier, but she is not an employee of the state. She has no business getting ballot counts, her own personal ballot counts. In fact, at the time that she was receiving these reports, she was president of Blue Suede Strategies. Um, this is her LinkedIn page. This is her own testimony of what she was doing at the time, um, where it looks like she wrote campaign plans and strategy and field plans and operations. Okay. Um, she was also chair of the Finance Committee for the Democrat Party, so she was a Democrat official at the time. Next. Wow. So, yeah. So this, this, and, and we, we cut the clip a little too soon because she's also a candidate. Isn't that right? This Catherine mm -hmm. Clark. So yeah. we, it talked about Maggie and Alex and Catherine. Can you just give us an oversight of who we're, who are who are we dealing with here? Okay. So in New Mexico, we've noticed this pattern for all of our politicians as they start out as little minions in one of these NGOs. We have dozens of them in our state. We spend massive amounts of money per capita. The Democrat Party spends massive amounts of money per capita. It's actually been documented several times. It was even mentioned in 2000 Mules how much money is poured into our state to set up these NGO front things where they have no real public interaction. There's no real enthusiasm for anything that they do, but they they sort of give this appearance that they have this huge support in our state for these very left wing, um, you know, issues and what they're trying to do. They, they always show up at hearings for when our laws are being dumbed down, especially election law. Um, and all three of those people, you know, were raised up in that system. So Maggie Tulis Oliver, Alex Curtis, and Catherine Clark all had, you know, minion jobs, and then they make their way up the ladder until they're finally elected to some position. And most of our selected officials in New Mexico followed that same career path, if you will. And this so is a, this is all a playbook that we see all over the country. Yes. Um, this it's yes. not specific to New Mexico. This is this is how they how they do it. Right. So they're all good buddies. They know each other. They've all been working together to dumb down our voter rolls and make them more vulnerable. You know, and it's it's the same names that keep coming up. And in fact, in um, our, we had a legislative session earlier in the year and and I had um, released a lot of this information about how absolutely controlled our voter rolls appear mm -hmm. and that there's something very wrong with them. And um, but you know, just a couple months after I, I released that report, she was hardcore going after um, not only opening the access is already at the MBD, it's already with Rock the Vote, and who knows who else, they're 1,100 partners, but she wanted to add multiple other state agencies to have right access to the rules. Um, right she wanted access. to have prisons have access direct, to write, yes. to, to directly write to, it to the voter rules. Like the same way that the MBD is doing it. it, she wanted to open it up so that more, in, just make it harder to figure out who's doing what, because it's already, I mean, it's a mess. We need to figure out who's doing this to our roles. But if you add 12 more people, it could possibly be, how are we ever gonna sort it out? So, so the, you know, this, yeah. by the way, gives me a lot of evidence for my countersuit and lawsuit against Eric Coomer and against Dominion Voting Systems. You know, obviously they've turned my life upside down, but we're talking about a complete conspiracy, a criminal enterprise I mean, it, we bring in 2,000 mules. We know that they're having ballot trafficking. We also know that they have to get those ballots from somewhere. And we've talked about run yes. back and some of the, the ballot printing uh, operations that happen around it. We know that in Maricopa County specifically, 
they did not allow the, the ballots to be tested to make sure that those ballots were um, actually legitimate ballots. And we do know that there was a three-month period of time um, where they, the ballots were, they could do anything they want with them, and those ballot boxes showed up with, they were all open and not secured. So, so we know 100% that they are cheating and lying and, and going through this process. But, you know, as, as you go through this investigation, does it kind of weigh heavily on your heart at the fact that it's so massive and the, the number of people involved in, in stealing the voice of the American people and, and swaying the people, it's just, it's a, it, it feels like a heavy evil that is, is so palpable, you could, you could see it with your eyes. It does feel that way. But when you think about, you know, they're all the same people. In fact, Alex Curtis was, was working for two of those NGOs, according to his own LinkedIn profile at the time, he was working for two of them. So if he's, I don't know how big they really are. I think they have an appearance of bigness. They have, they claim they have, you know, massive email lists. Um, but as far as actual support for anything that they do, I don't see it there. And I think that 2000 mules is going to be very eye opening for a lot of people. And one of the things I love about it is it's so easy to understand yeah. ballot stuffing it and it's on tape. Here's your geo tracking. Anybody can understand that. What's been kind of hard up to this point to explain the fraud to people is you have to show them the data. A lot of people aren't math people. They don't understand graphs. They don't want to. And they might understand it while you're explaining it to them, but they can't take that and tell somebody else. And so I think 2000 mules is going to be huge. Um, and I, I don't know how many people there are. And, and it's certain that we far outnumber them. Yeah. And they don't really sure. have support of the public. And I'd, I'd also add that one of the things that we're hanging on to is that there is the promise, I think, from Greg Phillips that they, they pledged to release other tracking data for these NGOs. And because it wasn't just limited to the key swing counties that were outcome determinative of, of the presidential race. And so we're sitting there waiting for New Mexico. If we get that stuff, I'm not going to be shocked that we had mules that were going from NGOs in Otero County and across the state. Now, we have to wait for that. But we were telling people even before we started the um, audit, what do you expect to find? when you do the machine forensics. I said right out the, right out the, right out the gate because Joe was there uh, during the cyber symposium when we were finding out across the country, Dominion was already going in wiping records. And I said, yeah. don't be surprised that if we get to the EMS system, we're gonna find massive wiping and deletion of critical files. And that's what happened. And uh, so yeah. in, in the court of law, we would call that spoliation. So criminals should not be able to be rewarded for tampering with and destroying evidence. You actually, the presumption legally is that that evidence, if it was collected and not destroyed, would basically bear the theory of the prosecution, meaning that everything that we're asserting uh, likely happened, you take that as true. And that, that's used, that spoliation inference is used across the country in prosecutions. And, and it makes sense. You shouldn't have murderers and in cartels getting away with crimes just because they destroy things. And yeah, we prove I, that they've, they've destroyed critical evidence. 
Absolutely. I want to go back to the NGOs for a second, because one of the things that I found really shocking in your testimony, Aaron, is that the um, the NGOs that were coming wanted the same access to your voter rolls that that Rock the Vote has in Pennsylvania. And I was absolutely stunned to find out what kind of access Rock the Vote has in Pennsylvania. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, they're you read their website, they're pretty proud of what they've done, they're very open about that they have a definite bias towards the people that they register, that they share this platform with God knows who, you know, um, they, they also have turnout ratios, which I think is really funny on their, on their website, you know, we registered this many million people in this particular year and our turnout ratios were 20% higher than like normal. (laughs) So how does that happen? You know, do you, do you earmark the ones that you know that you've registered who are not really going to vote? And then you, is that, is that the pile, you know, rock the vote is providing. The, the, I think they, they're saying they're just really convincing, right? They just, they, they yeah, inspired right. everyone yeah. to vote. Uh-huh. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had, so, so rock the vote has right access to the voter rolls in Pennsylvania, correct? Mm-hmm. And then they share that yes. access with 1100 or something other organizations. So yes. Pennsylvania's voter rolls are irreversibly corrupt and need to be thrown out and, and redone is, is the answer there, yeah. I think. So we've t- so so in that um, that part of your testimony, we talked about Rock the Vote. Uh, you shared the blue suede strategy strategist, right? The president of blue suede mm-hmm. strategies who was on Election Day getting her own list of who had voted and who hadn't and, and by what party. And then there was also uh, you talked about vote counts changing after the election and and really no rhyme or reason and and i believe those counts not matching from the secretary of state to the county level records which is something that we've seen all over the country as well um Mm -hmm. so talk a little bit about the vote count switching that you're talking about that you mentioned in the hearing okay um it, it turns out whenever you look at any part of the record it doesn't match the other parts um like we we have those unofficial results on the Secretary of State's website, they're actually still up there. And you can compare those to our official results and they don't match. <laughs> and there's things that, that should never happen, like votes going down from the unofficial to the official. And you can see this most clearly in the third parties, which, you know, Jaza Smith essentially mm-hmm. proved in her analysis that the third parties are just sort of used like these piggy banks where you plot votes in there and then you move them to, you move them around. So having votes go down from one step to the other should never happen. Um, when you compare the Secretary of State's stuff to the to the tabulator tapes themselves, you have um, you know votes going down that should never happen. Mm-hmm. Just well, and one thing that's key is that that particular candidate, uh, Catherine Clark, in her candidate race to be the next county clerk of Santa Fe, once we graphed out the data and timed them with the emails that we're getting there, Santa Fe's votes were zeroed out. There was a time period for about 10 minutes where, you know, they it's just probably several hours that it was actually out, but we just have that, that, that little snapshot. And that shows that they, they put things in, things aren't turning out the way they need over. I mean, Jaza Smith showed that across mm-hmm. the country happening. And then when you com- compare the end of the day and the ballot counts to the official results and things just continue to grow and grow and grow, they're just, they're fine tuning those ratios. And there is some excuse for a little bit of growth because you do have um, some things you still have to wrap up at the end of the election, like your um, provisional ballots and you have your last 
uh, delivery of absentee ballots on election day or whatever. But that should be real small. It should be less than 5%. When you have uh, vote counts continuing to grow 30%, 100%, Two hundred percent. This should never happen. <laughs> and, and this was a big part of uh, of Dr. Frank's work, right? Showing how the the inflation of the voter rolls as a um, as tied to the growth of the census, right, is is one another one of the components of the architecture of fraud. And a big part of that voter roll growth is the Eric system. Right. And we taught you, yeah. you both talked about Eric. We're going to play a cut of that in just a second. But Eric has been in the news. Louisiana famously voted to um, to no longer be a part of Eric states. Uh, Eric, it, it came out of Kansas Crosscheck. So this was a system that was set up to allow states to look across and see, OK, these people moved over here. These people left. We can clean up, you know, share information and clean up the voter rolls. Then the ACLU got involved and said, well, you can't have all these controls in place on this. You, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, right? Yeah. Sean Smith does this way better than I do. But, uh, you know, you can't have all these controls um, in place. These are, you know, suppression and intimidation and all the things that they that they say. And that's how we ended up with Eric, which is uh, es essentially a, a phantom voter creation tool, allegedly. What could be used for good has been turned into something that's right. used for bad. Right. right. It's so become let's, a manipulative tool. Yeah, let's go to B1, and then we'll, we'll talk about this, please, Mr. Producer. By putting on my black hat, you could use that mechanism, since they have all the data, to send something back that says, here's a bunch of people that will look real in your state okay and the system could register them you would send a card out to them it would never come back because it just goes to some place and gets thrown away but it would be returned if it's a i know like it's a post office they know who basically lived there and then they return the mail if people were moved but if someone gets it if i get a, a thing misdelivered to my house I don't give it to the post office. I throw it away. Yeah. Why would I take the time to give it to the post office? It's seven and a half miles away. <laughs> so in a, in a system that they tell us we have to use machines, right? Because human error is too easy to, to it's a, human error is too common. Um, it's too easy to manipulate through human processes. This, uh, this example was, you know, if, if you have a black hat on, the Eric system can give you a whole, a whole list of voters that will appear to be real voters, right? And yes. um, the process that's in place to prevent against this is a, is a postcard, right? A postcard that goes out that says you've been registered to vote and it's an opt-out process. So unless they opt out, right, and say, no, I'm not registered to vote, then, uh, then their voter registration is created and, and what he was describing there and, and the defense, I think from the clerk, was it the clerk that was defending that point? Um, yeah, that defense, was the clerk. Yeah, so the defense is, well, if you get the postcard, you return it to the post office and then they'll take them off. <laughs> Which yeah. to me was well, just like, was are great you about that. And nobody goes through that process. <laughs> right, right? Nobody. Right, after, after, the, uh, after that conversation in, in God's providence, there happened to be a U.S. postal carrier that stood up and said, no, 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 this, these things are thrown away all the time. You know, you go to apartment complex, places that are loaded with, with uh, registered voters, and people aren't taking the time to say, okay, let's go to the post office and correct this. People chuck them in the trash, and that's part of the cheat. Yeah, and I yeah. had a conversation. We have a county in New Mexico where 125% of the population is registered to vote. Mm 
-hmm. And that was actually the first place we went and we did a full hand recount of their paper ballots. We found some anomalies, especially in the down ballot races where the paper didn't match the images, didn't match the tapes, didn't match the Secretary of State's results. But anyway, so I was talking to the clerk and she, we said, you know, you know why we, we wanted to get the paper records from your county was because you have 125% of your population is registered to vote. And she said, yeah, I know, because it's a real small county and everybody knows everybody. And she's, she said, I know it's a problem, and I, and, um, but my hands are tied by the law that I can't take these people off unless I have it from them in writing that they want to be taken off. So she feels like the law is hampering her from fixing an obvious problem because she can't get these people, these fake people that are registered on her rolls, you know, to give her something in writing. Yeah, go ahead and take me off. I live in Colorado now or whatever. So the clerks aren't even thinking of this as in a logical way that the law doesn't exist to protect fraud like that, where you can have, you know, more people than live in your county registered to vote in your county. Um, but and, and, for some reason, we, we have to shift that mindset. And clerks that, that well, do thing, take this responsibility seriously and do try to clean things up and do try to take the their oath of office seriously and their responsibility to the people, clerks like Tina Peters or Dallas Schroeder or, or Merlin Klotz, they're demonized. Everyone yeah, is right. demonized. Right. Every single person is demonized who, um, and, and I, it, that it stands up against their narrative. Right, every single person. There's not one person. There's no thought leadership in any of this, and that should concern the people in America. And I, I said yesterday that we're at war. They've declared war on us, and the information that came back for, um, from the 2,000 mules, the information that you had. Uh, did Tucker Carlson reach out to you guys to have you on the show to talk about what you uncovered in Otero? No. <laughs> okay, Mr. Tucker's been awfully silent. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Producer, let's go ahead and put up the first one that I uh, put up for Dinesh D'Souza. Um, this says, by the way, Newsmax is also blocking coverage of 2,000 Mules. I was booked on Grant uh, Stitchfield's uh, Newsmax show, and then the network canceled on me. Criticize the move if you like, but movie. I think it meant movie, if you like, but why isn't this a legitimate news story? How can so-called news networks pretend it doesn't exist? And then put up the next one, Mr. Producer. I'm sorry to say Tucker Carlson and his team specifically instructed Catherine Edelbrock of True the Vote not to mention the movie. Um, and that was uh, Tucker Carlson. Are you going to mention 2000 Mules? Have I missed it? Um, so this is a concerted effort. This is a concerted effort to stop true evidence from getting out there. And they said, show us the evidence. They did the same thing in Colorado. They set, stood up on the steps and did a dog and pony show on Friday. And on Monday, Matt Crane said the time for debate is over because they know that they've stolen the vote. Now, I want to I, I want to take you back a little bit um, because I think you probably are aware of this. Everything that you brought up in the thing, the reason why, David, I said I was doing fist bumps in the air and everything else is because I am a system architect expert, right? I built a company that's a tech company, and that's what we did. We built AI and machine learning and gathered data, and we aggregated data at an immense level, right? So I built a model. Mr. Producer put up this model. I built this model in December of 2020, never had access to anybody's machine, ne didn't have a conversation with Matt DiPerno, never talked to the Trump campaign. Not, none of that stuff even came into... Remember, I was just on a call with Eric Coomer who said, don't worry about it, Trump's not going to win. I made sure of it. The, the director of strategy and security for Dominion Voting Systems, um, who owns the adjudication process, by the way, which is kind of important to what is happening in all of this. But if you look in here, those things that I talk about, phantom and fake ballots, see that? Ballots, fake ballots, phantom ballots, tabulation machine, good count, and all the numbers. 
when you have an ERIC system, that outside voter registration system, one thing, go ahead and take it down for a minute, Mr. Producer. One thing that I always say is that if you know who voted, remember that they stopped counting across the entire country. You have the Edison Zero, you have all this stuff that happened that we were able to uncover at the same time, they stopped counting across the entire country. Unprecedented, never happened. States are colluding with each other to stop counting. <laughs> when you do that, you allow yourself the ability to know who voted. Like these are all the people that voted. These are the people that didn't vote. So you can manufacture ballots inside the system. And I think what's interesting about what you uncovered is that the machine was actually built to manipulate and create ballots. You could actually write ballots, create ballots out of th yeah. thin air. Mm -hmm. And you can mark them. They have this right. ADA feature, the ADA feature. And but there's no a barrier for someone putting in one of these ballots and using the software that allows. And one of the things that the expert, uh, Jeff Lenberg, talked about is even the way that the ballots are marked, they make it look like it's a normal person. It, it's not a complete... Yeah you know, perfect fill. They make it look right. like it was human filled out. And that and Dominion no has that. a database of scribbles, right? They have a database yeah. of human looking marks. We've covered that on the show before. They have, the, they brag about it. The largest database of marks that can be made by a sh machine that will look like they were made by a human. Why and would I you need that? that. Yeah, Why would you need that if your job no is to reason. count votes? So, so we have the, the you know, what, what you guys touched on, um, same sources and methods across states, right? We, we definitely have um, a conspiracy here across, across states. And I wanted, this is a little bit of a longer cut, but um, I, want, I, I, think it's, I think it's important. Can we play B3, please? The plaintiff in the court case, Bailey versus Antrim County, Michigan, filed a response to the county and secretary of state's motion for a protective order. The secretary of state and county did not want information about the election available to the public. In plaintiff's response, he included forensic reports conducted on the machines in Antrim County. The experts' claims are quite shocking and starkly contrast the narrative that we have heard. Dominion's own website claims the voting machines are not designed to be connected to the internet. Here is a screenshot. The website states, voting systems are, by design, meant to be used as closed systems that are not networked, meaning not connected to the internet. It is technologically impossible to time and or flip them. The media claimed for months that the machines were not connected to the internet, but according to the forensic report, that is incorrect. The experts examined both Dominion and ESNS machines and both were connected to the internet using wireless technology. This is a fact that machine vendors knew well before the election because their proposal for a for a pitch included information about internet transmission and wireless capabilities. The claims that machines were never connected to the internet is odd, considering the companies specifically contracted for it. Some of the forensic evidence for this fact includes the wireless chip made by the company Tolete. This is a picture from the forensic audit of the chip inserted into the machine to transmit information wirelessly. Here's a picture from one of the emails from a Dominion representative stating, modem transmissions this election, the 2020 primaries, were terrible in some areas. 
Failures and timing out due to the weaker 3G signal and cellular network issues meant that some of your precincts weren't able to transmit, but instead brought the cards in to tally. We turned off image saving, which will improve transmission by a few seconds. This is a clear admission that they knew the machines were connected to the internet and that there were problems. So they had to tally manually. Dominion representatives were communicating with election officials to fix modems and working to improve connectivity speed. The media's claim that the machines were never connected to the internet appears to be a cover-up of a verifiable truth. The fact that they stopped saving the images of the ballots is improper without express authorization from the Secretary of State or the state legislature. Election evidence must be maintained for any potential audits. Deleting the scanned images is improper. The media also claims that there was no foreign involvement, but according to the forensic report, that is not true. The 4G card included in the ESNS machines, pictured here, was made by the company Talit. The project to manufacture the chips, according to the report, was funded by the Chinese and has ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Here's a picture of the press release from Talit announcing Yuzhen Yang as a member of its board of directors which states that he is the CEO of China Fusion Capital. He is a very wealthy Chinese businessman associated with the Chinese Communist Party. What rationale did Talit use to include him on their board of directors? This tape here is a receipt showing the information getting transmitted over the 4G network. Michigan uses the Dominion Voting System's ICX model. The forensic exam found the machines communicated with two IP addresses. One is registered to the Ministry of Education computer located in Taipei, Taiwan. The second IP address is registered to a company in Nuremberg, Germany. The Dominion model ICX appears to be manufactured in Taiwan and shipped to the United States via China Airlines. This is a picture of the box with the tracking labels. So, if we're counting lies that we've all heard, one is that they don't connect to the internet. They can't, right? They can't. I think it was, it was Polis who came out and said, the CEO of Dominion, who said, I don't understand why they're saying this. Those don't, they don't even have that capability. A lie, mm -hmm. right? The yeah. no foreign involvement. Um, you don't have to look at China or voting machines, as Cleta Mitchell said in the movie Rigged. Uh, a lie. Chinese component parts, Chinese part of the supply chain, Chinese on the, si on the, on the, on the board of directors, right, for the yes. company. Um, so it's, it's multiplized, but what I want, what, what is just stunning to me is that the, the report that they're referring to, that this, this video that you both referred to in your testimony that this, this video is talking about, the date on this report is December 13th, 2020. And none of it has been debunked. In fact, it's been reinforced and reaffirmed repeatedly with all of the additional reporting that's come out. So uh, not what, only that, it, yeah, that expert report, Ash, that expert report, I believe, was drafted by Mr. Lenberg, who testified yesterday at yesterday's hearing. Well, the final so ASOG report the, was yes, yeah. the final ASOG okay, report. Okay, so yeah. there there was ten expert reports that he authored. Every single report that uh, Mr. Lenberg has issued holds up. They have not been debunked, uh, <laughs> and so we talk about the vulnerabilities. The same talking points that are coming out of Dominion is also coming out of ESNS, and that's important to 
to, to broadcast here because you got a lot of folks that are sitting there going, this isn't my problem if I'm using ESNS or HARP. We had representatives from ESNS that showed up to Idaho and they did a tour of their facilities. And the county clerk there said, you know, we don't do the images. We don't do imaging because it takes too long. And so there was a demission just along the lines of the slower transmission speed mm-hmm. that was going on where now, because of the, the poor quality, which is purposeful, right. you've got a system that now conceals your, your trail and it's much to do a real audit. And so um, we asked whether we could get under the hood there and their refrain is the only way that you'll have any auditors do anything in Idaho is if they are a certified auditing group. And what you'll find is that there's only two and they're, they're part of the cheat and that's SLI compliance and Pro-V&V. Yeah. And so they're not only controlling the cheat, they're trying to instill confidence with people that are part of the process of certifying machines that should not be certified. And one of the things that the expert Jeff Lenberg brought up, which is just shocking, is that in Antrim, where they did the 7,000 vote flip on the software itself was a tool through Microsoft that allowed the flip to happen. That, that machine that he used was certified by these companies. Was that SQL so Server Management audit, Studio? The, yeah. Yep, that's here in Colorado as well. And we have them on record and we know that it's not a, a, not a verified certified component of the voting system and they don't care. Yeah, and there's uh, Jeff when he was in Otero County, he had the the staff go ahead and open up the SQL Server uh, program, and it required no password to open mm-hmm. it. And all the voting, all the election, and for past and and current uh, elections are in there, and you can access it without a password. And not only that, but the EMS computer itself, that model, that particular model that they use, has as a feature you know, wireless access. <laughs> so it, it, I mean, maybe it's possible that they got a model and they said, oh, we don't want the particular feature in this one, but of course they won't let us open it up and check. Um, but we know in other counties that Dominion has remotely accessed the EMS um, without touching it. And then you've got SQL Server in there with no, no password required. You could do anything you want to the data. And, and the, the other part is is that they set the, the standards so low on keeping any of the information related to the databases or the logs that you, it's like it's like writing a mark on the board and you can just erase it mm-hmm. as if you were never mm-hmm. there. Right? And if you go yes. back to the conversations that Chris York, who worked for um, Sequoia before it was Dominion Voting Systems, what he said is that they would brag about after an election that they had the ability to go in, make some changes and come out without anybody knowing that they were there. Now, that was back before yes. anybody talked about any of the logs or anything else. He just he gave us an idea of where to look, like how they were perfecting this deal and creating this criminal enterprise across the board. Um, somebody mm-hmm. said in here, Barbara said, haven't we heard all this before? The, the point is we have heard yeah. this before. We've heard this in Antrim. We've heard this in Maricopa. We've heard this in, in Colorado. We've heard this everywhere. And, and this is just more evidence that shows that it's systematic fraud against the American people. And the evidence isn't, it's not discrediting the earlier reports, right? I think that's, yes, we absolutely have heard this before. We've heard it in several different states. This report that Mm -hmm. we're referring to from Michigan was, was authored and the final date on it is December 13th of 2020. We've been told since 
November of 2020 that this was the safest and most secure election in history, that there's nothing to see here, that we're all just sore losers, that, uh, you know, we're, we're crazy conspiracy, conspiracists, election deniers, and whatnot. All of these reports refer, affirm each other and give us each one a little bit more information. Right? Yes. I mean, am I wrong? You're absolutely right. And one of the things I, I try to shift the narrative about is that I get criticized for saying bringing in the Antrim results or the, the fact that there was a modem in there. Will that happen in a different state? It's all the same system. Same. You know, yep. if something happened in Michigan on a Dominion machine, you can bet it's happening in New Mexico on a Dominion machine or any state yep. that uses Dominion. And we have to stop letting them get away with this excuse well that didn't happen here did it happen here i'll believe it if i because they know it happened here. they know well, it's yeah. a corporate area. so you've got right. dominion reps from michigan were deployed to georgia so i mean people forget that even though dominion in many respects actually has in office presence like in arizona maricopa uh fontes the recorder was bragging about the presence of of full-time Dominion employees that were there on site, but they they have specific uh, persons that they will deploy from site to site. So, I mean, the analogy that I tried to provide last night is, you know, let's let's say that you have a, a bank account. It's the Dominion bank account, and you know, let's look at the seven thousand votes that were flipped in Antrim County, and let's pretend that's money. You know, I just had seven thousand dollars taken out of my account, and then I move to another community or another state. And it's the same bank name because there's no other choice. And it's the same vault number. It's the same model. And, and like from a confidence standpoint, are, do you want to put your money in that bank? And it's the same exact uh, analogy. I think it's, it's appropriate when you start going from state to state, 28 states use mm -hmm. these Dominion machines using the same model machines. Yep. It's not an argument that I think is is something that they should be hanging their hat on, but they certainly right. were trying to do that last night. So speaking of arguments, someone in the chat said, uh, when, when, and I love this, it's more, you know, a lot of the people in the chat were watching this last night, watching this hearing, because we're, we're all election nerds. But uh, one, of the, one of the people in the chat said, oh, the, the blonde woman was driving me nuts when I was watching that last night. And I think that that's true for anybody who watched it. Can you please play Be Cut? Uh, be Cut, Cut, mm -hmm. Be Too. <laughs> And and I want to I want to reemphasize this. This is about public trust. Yeah. We don't answer to you. I'm sorry. We don't answer to you. I'm, I'm not saying you do. But when we talk about preservation of records, right now, you don't have all your records. We do have our records. No, you don't. We do. Did you not hear? Did you just? No, that's not all the records. That's what the first hour of our presentation was on your entire project file missing. 2020 project no, our, file. Now our project file, you guys can't have access to that at all. Why not? Because you can print ballots out of there. There's things you can do. That's already been determined. We're auditors. Well, this isn't a step, this isn't a step. This is an approved audit. I want to know, if you're, let me say one thing. Who was, who was the person responsible of letting the minion come in and that's what our machine? Who, who called me? So what happens is um, at the state level, the state put the no, committee I'm... together. Let me finish. They put a committee together that bring in vendors. Vendors come to the state and they want to be part of the whole state. So they come in and there's a committee that's chosen different people from the clerk's offices all around the state. They meet. 
the vendors come and show them the equipment that they have. And they go through everything. They give them everything. It takes several meetings. Machines. They go through the machines. Our machines. They go, our machines. And who allowed them in our county? Well, let me finish. I haven't even gotten to that part. So once they determine who is acceptable in the whole state, then each county has the option, and we had Dominion. So, so that's who we've had as Dominion. So they do our software. They do our updates. They do our updates on our machines. That's so just you, something that's so always been done. Absolutely. So, so she she just said we have we have subcontracted all of the processes for our elections to Dominion. That's that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. So who is the blonde yeah, woman that's fighting you guys so hard? That's the county clerk. That is the county clerk. The county clerk. See, it's weird. The dynamic is you've got a county clerk that we're trying to be gracious to. We want her to effectively save herself because at some point the, the complicity is there. And I, and last night was eye opening. I mean, we, we really tried to give them an out from the standpoint of, look, this happened. That EMS uh, system was in the deputy clerk's room. It's, it's right there. So the access to it uh, from a physical standpoint can only be accessed by approved vendors like Dominion or clerk staff, or perhaps, what we suspect is that it can be remotely accessed by Dominion at any time that they'd like. And we suspect that that's the case. That's why they're, they're so hostile towards us looking under the hood. They've basically threatened us. If you do that, we'll decommission the machines. That'll be borne by the taxpayer. Um, but we don't want the machines. And, you know, so it's as if she didn't hear the first hour of Jeff Lenberg's report on these massive vulnerabilities. And it's, it's, they still haven't figured out that this was approved, an approved full forensic audits, but they're not answering to their constituents. They're not answering to the people that she's still answering to the secretary of state, which is odd because our county don't work for the secretary of state. They have autonomy. They're elected by we, the people, but all of her marching orders come from the top down and from a private corporation. And why do you think she's fighting you so much? I think there's consciousness of guilt. They, they need this. They're, they're slaves to their process. They're slaves to the convenience. They're slaves to just, you know, this is going to make life hard for me. And it's also the potential for a massive egg on their face because we've been shouting this from the rooftops day one. The intuition of the American people knew that there was a massive corruption from day one. And we've been investigating like the, the last commenter said, there's nothing new about this. But now we're being proven right and they can't keep up with the evidence that's coming out. And it's been a really lonely place. I know Joe feels the same way. It's like, hey, we've been preaching this truth gospel for over a year and a half. And now you've got 2000 mules and all of these other clips and stuff that are showing up and uh, they're digging in because it means that they're wrong. They have to admit that they're wrong and they don't want to do that. She's the she's the wee woo lady. We'll call her the wee-woo lady. You see this guy? You see this guy? Well, you see this lady? You see this lady? Number one bullshit lady. <laughs> Sorry, we have, we have this thing that we play on. I don't know if you heard it before, but we've done oh, the wee-woo. Oh, you wee see this guy? <laughs> see this guy? Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee-woo, wee-woo, <laughs> because he have to go in front of the traffic. Look what I do. 22 and he do wee-woo, wee-woo. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, our, it's, our way, it's our way of saying it's, it's all garbage. So, uh, so I think, um, Professor, you, 
at, at the end of your remarks, at the end of this hearing, and it, and it went on a little bit after this moment that I'm that I'm going to play. But uh, you, there was a for me a profound moment where you talked about what this fight is really about and what it's going to take for us to win. Um, and so, Mr. Producer, could you please play C1? Well, the, the, the point is this, is that this was done under over the shoulders of county personnel just because they don't have Mr. Lenberg's um, knowledge base. And the reason why ha we have to do it that way is because the first thing that's going to be done is these folks get on the phone with the Secretary of State and they get their marching orders from law firms uh, that, that are answerable to insurance providers looking at liability and risk instead of getting to the truth. And it's, it's shocking that people are going to die on the altar of, well, we don't have to. We don't have to hold on to these records. We don't have to hold on to those camp compact disc cards. We don't have to hold on to those things. They're hijacking this, and we're not just anyone. We partnered with this commission to do a full forensic audit, and we're getting treated like trespassers. We work for you in the sense that you have authorized us to do all of these things, right. and we're still being held at arm's length <laughs> and being threatened with criminal investigation. And so when I first addressed this commission, I said, this is not about the law. This is not about anything because the evidence is overwhelming. And we can do this for days if you wanted to. This is about courage. No. That's all it comes down to is do you all have the same courage as, as, the, as the stuff that we're demonstrating? Please do not wait. Please get this on your agenda as an action item. And don't put yourself in the position to, to certify this mess because I can guarantee you this we're not going away we'll be we'll be back here every two weeks until we die if necessary to get this straightened out amen oh! yeah sorry that was that was everybody in the comments that were just clapping and raw figured we'd play the audible guys keep it down a little bit you're just a little too loud right now come on now hey 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 <laughs> so, I mean, for me, that that moment is this isn't about the law anymore because we have it's not, you know, I think back in the in the time, the, the few months after the election, before the um, the inauguration, uh, Sidney Powell was real clear about the standard of evidence. Right. And how it's a preponderance of evidence, not a reasonable doubt. And I mean, there's no shadow of a doubt on this anymore it's it's the same sources and methods across states it's in the machines it's with the mules it's with the rolls it's with the the processes and the and the ngos that hopefully with uh the ripcord being pulled we'll be able to dig into and see what entities that those are so it really isn't about the law and it's not about bringing evidence because no matter how much evidence we bring we hear there's no evidence of election fraud. There are still people telling us that there's no evidence of election fraud. So this really is about courage. It's about the people that we elected to represent us and do a job standing up and saying, um, I've seen this, like Tina Peters, right? I've seen this and I can't unsee it. So, uh, you know, I want to play one more, one more cut um, uh, before I let you respond to that. Could you please play C2? And when this this meeting right here started and I was contacted by um, somebody from the press and they they asked me, well, about what was going on. And I said, well, we found some irregularities. And the first question that I had asked him is, well, do you think that this is going to get more Trump vote, tr more votes for Trump than for Biden? 
And I told this person, I said, I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about the law being followed. And whenever you consider the law and, and, and it being followed, we can see clear evidence without a doubt that the law was broken during the election. So if the law was broken during the election, that means that our electorate was compromised. It's very simple. It's very easy. And so if we have a compromised election, um, at the very least, we don't let the next election be compromised and we plug the holes where this one was compromised. But, then, but where I sat right here, I sat just like many of you, that I haven't gotten past 2020. So if there's a footprint that's still left, digitally speaking, on the 2020 election that could directly, um, you know, uh, produce d direct evidence of this fraud. If we have to look in the Dominion machines and do take whatever measures we have to take to look deeper into them, I would also be in favor of that as well. The, the country. So I want to, uh, you know, we're, we're out of time, but I want to wrap up with you hitting all of the points as if you were doing a closing argument, both of you, right? So I want to hear from both of you on this. Um, but uh, just the, the, that was a three and a half hour um, meeting with the commissioners, right? And, and Coy said it very, very succinctly. This is about following the law. And I think one of the reasons why the public trust has been broken is because the law was not followed. But I want you just to, closing arguments, uh, David and Aaron, you guys can pick who goes first. Um, but this is the final punch of, this is what we discovered, this is why we discovered it, and this is what should be done about it. Yeah. Go first. Um, I guess we're not done with the audit, right? We're not quite done um, analyzing all the data. We're still going through the envelopes and the ballot images and all that stuff. So there's, and there's other things. There's so much to talk about. I could go on for hours and hours about the irregularities that we see in the math and the paper and everything. Um, but it's not really so much about evidence anymore. It's about the confidence um, that people no longer have in our election system. And people like to blame us for talking about it, um, but the focus should be on the fact that none of these people, Dominion, the clerks, the Secretary of States, have not um, just said, come and look at it and we'll show you that it's fine. So, I mean, just at that alone, I think the narrative should be changing to people don't trust the system. Um, we can analyze data for the next 20 years um, for 2020 and do what we've done in Otero for, for every county, but it's really not about that anymore. It's about nobody trusts the system, nobody trusts Dominion. Nobody trusts clerks or secretaries of state that are more interested in maintaining their, you know, their friendships with each other than doing their jobs and serving the public that elected them. Right. Yeah, and then I would say that one of the the counter arguments is that well, we're we're going into primary season, and I'm sitting there going, "You fools! You just heard about how devastatingly vulnerable your systems are, and you think." We just come forward through these flawed processes and the county commission has their own independent oath to the constitution. They are conferred with constitutional authority to certify their elections in their county. And when you certify something, you're saying this is reliable. This is trustworthy. 
and you know, my fear is, you know, we leave these meetings and you try to, to, you know, when you're there in the moment, the power of the arguments is palpable. The power of the people is palpable, but yet there's this weakness that starts to creep in over time when you're not confronted by the people, you know? So, you know, we just got to run the election. Why? Why? It's one dumpster fire after another dumpster fire. So um, people need to take their word and what they certify as as something that's trustworthy, very, very serious. And so uh, the state entities, Secretary of State, they can try to impose uh, mandates that thou shalt use these machines. Okay, you can try to do that. But that doesn't mean you have to play in a rig system. Every county commissioner could say, I understand what your rules say. I understand what you're trying to tell us to do, but my conscience is convicted that this is a fraud uh, landscape that is purposely designed for fraud, and I can't certify this. Every single county commissioner, all 33 of them in New Mexico, have to rest on their own decision. They can't keep punting this, and that's what we're confronting them with is you're accountable for your choice, county. You're you're, you're accountable, county clerk. Stop blaming the secretary of state. You've got skin in the game, and we're confronting people with that. Yeah, that's what we elect them for. Right. I mean, if, we elect we them, elect them to, to to have if we if we elect them at all. Right. So, so the, the and the, and this is where the problem lies. Right. Is that decisions are being made. We're seeing the stock market drop at unprecedented rates today. Inflation is really high. They cut off the Keystone Pipeline, which artificially inflated our demand uh, supply chain for oil and gas, which has driven up costs for people in in the United States. We have a supply chain issue on food now and a food crisis that's happening that's actually hitting the shelves for even baby food. We have the southern border, which is open. They they wanted to keep it open for and get rid of the title 42. We have critical race theory, gender fluidity. We, We heard yesterday about the the, the fact that they were saying art class and you can't talk about what's in here while they indoctrinate and try to train our children on transgenderism. We have problems right now in our country that is like having a boat that has holes everywhere. And I think that we have to look at the problems and we have to look at the, the symptoms of the problems. And the symptoms are is that we've had people that have been selected, not elected, and that they've been doing this for decades and they've been getting away with it because it was just under the surface. And now we know about it they're fighting back by calling us liars, but they are the liars. And I think that we have to maintain and stay steadfast in what we do as a group and collectively come together. And I know that there's some dividers out there that are, and you guys know who I'm talking about, that there are dividers out there that are trying to draw lines and call people names in order to create chaos because they know that we're close to winning this battle. So I would just, I would, I would tell you both, stay in the fight. Stay steady and steadfast and focused on the prize. And the prize here is accountability. The prize here is to return and have restorative action inside of our community that gives back power to the people, like President Trump talked about in January of 2017. Amen. We'll never quit. We won't quit. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for both of you. And... um, you know, I just I, I want you to know that I am I am grateful for the sacrifice that you've made, for the things that you've done, and for standing up and, and having the courage to take these punches while still pursuing truth. And I also want to say that Coy is a great great man. He, he is, is a great man. Yes. Well, let, let's can we say something about Coy real quick? Yeah. I think it's it's heaven sent 
that a guy that went on the front lines, he was one of the first to protest the stolen election and went to the Capitol footsteps, never went inside the building, was arrested for praying. Think about this, he was put in solitary confinement. And here we have a moment of justice where he gets to cast a vote on whether we use the very machines that led to a stolen election. Uh, God has a wonderful sense of timing. And uh, Coy is uh, the right cowboy at the right time. And we're blessed to have him. His courage is, is absolutely contagious. Well, courage is greater than fear, right? Courage is more contagious than fear. And you have definitely shown that and been, uh, been at the forefront of leading with that courage. So I'm going to pray. You guys ready for Let's it? Do. Yes. And by the way, I didn't even start praying. I, I, I didn't do a public prayer until I, we decided to do it on that show that one day. And I was like, all right, well, let's do this every day. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, uh, let's pray. <sighs> Father God, we are so grateful for the things that we don't talk about, the things that have given us peace and given us joy in our lives. We are grateful for the opportunity to be given the gifts that we have to fight for you. Father, we are grateful for Jesus. We are, we are grateful that Jesus died on a cross to give us eternal life. Amen. We, are, we are grateful for the journeys that we are on, both the good and the bad. And we are eternally grateful for the men and women who have sacrificed in so many ways in our military, in serving government, and we are grateful for David and Aaron. Yes. We are grateful for the courage that they have. We are grateful for the courage of our listeners and to be ambassadors of truth and to go out and to spread that truth and to stand steadfast in truth. We are grateful for the opportunity that you give all of us to fellowship build relationships, to love on each other, and to do your work. Father, you, you never said that life would be easy. You, you actually said, and it's very clear, that life will be a challenge. It will be a test. So, Father, help us in this test. Give us the courage, the strength, the peace to do your will. Father, please bless David and Aaron. Bless their children. Put a hedge of protection around them. Show them your love and give them peace. Help them that they may be protected from people that would do harm to them. Protect them from people that would say bad things about them. Protect, protect their inner person from these vicious attacks. Shield them, Father, from these attacks. Father, this movement has created so many different camps. I would just pray that you unite those groups. That you bring them together for a common goal of restoring God to our community and restoring accountability to our government. Father, help us to eradicate evil from our 
society, from our communities, from our schools. Help us to be compassionate with those people that seek refuge coming across the border. But also, help us to protect that which is already here. Help us to protect our people, American people. Help us to, our leaders to realize that people in America are suffering and give them the courage to stand up and say it's not right. Publicly say what is happening with the evil in our society is not right. Father, I would ask that every lie be revealed and that you would pull back the veil, that you would expose all of the evil that has taken over our society. Father, give us the strength to fight it on every front, to recognize what it is, to stand together, to set aside petty differences, and to do your will. Father, as we, as we leave here today, help us that we may be warriors for you. We may, we may live in courage, live in our faith, and act in that faith. But we may, may do so honorably. And when we fall down, Father, please forgive us. Give us the strength that we need to win this war. I say all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you both so much for being with us today, and thank you for everything that you're doing, both in New Mexico and around the country. We are so grateful to know you, and we're just so appreciative of your efforts, and thanks for being on. God bless you both. Thank you, Ash. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. Yeah. Thank you. David and Aaron Clements. Yeah. An amazing couple. Power couple. They are a power couple. They're like With such gentle spirits. Yeah. Very gentle spirits. And, and the, to see the attacks, the vicious attacks against David and his family, to, to make these attacks, you know, the, you sent me a text message this morning. I want to address it. So I'm going to address it because I think it's important to address it. I, the text message was, Joe, have you seen this? And I was like, mm, no, I haven't. And I shared it. This Timothy Charles Holm Seth who said, I do not know anything about the professor or Lynn Wood. I'm not going to pretend. I don't know either of them. I do unfortunately know Joe Oltman. I don't know who this person is. When it, when it comes to Joe Oltman, he is not a good man. He's a career con man that could give a rat's ass about humanity. <laughs> if ever there was a point of which slander, and somebody sent this to you. Yeah, they sent it to me. And this is uh, Madeline, uh, Madison Marquette's little deal. So this is all unfortunately tied to this little group. But I asked Joe and his army he created in Colorado to come on extractions with me and they refused and they turned on me. They started making statements off the record and now he's on the record. Why would he defame me after I asked them to help rescue these children? We know why. Joe sold out. If you want get what I'm saying, I'm praying for your friend. The truth will come out in the end. I appreciate your heads up on Reba Lives. I'm giving you one on Joe Oltman. Joe is involved with pedo is <laughs> a con man taking money and using it on extravagant trips. Taking people's money given to FEC. 
So we're going to publish all of the financials for FEC United, publish them. The nearly $400,000 that I put into that organization, never taking $1. And I'm going to go after this person. I'm going to go after other people. And I, I, I did get a chance to talk to my lawyer this morning and I was like, look, I think I've had enough. I think I've had enough. I've had enough of the attacks from all of it. And now I'm ready to fight. And I'm ready to fight in ways where I just don't care anymore. I don't care. But I do care about the fact that you, you could say I don't care about humanity. I spent six and a half years in the Middle East and in Africa working in conflict areas helping people. Six and a half years. You piece of shit. You guys can say whatever you want. But I've lived my life consistently for, I don't know, 40 years. Ah except for the fact that I sold drugs at 16. And I did vote for Obama mm, the first time, not the second time. That makes me a bad person. People don't have a right to create false stories out there. The Eric Coomer deal is real. It's 100% real. And I don't know why I got put on that. It's true. It's not, it's not just real. It's true. It's truth. And it is manifesting itself through what we're learning about Dominion voting systems. I didn't just count. Nobody was nobody talked about Dominion. Nobody talked about it. Well, what, what's really surprising as well, though, is that at the same time that that you were, um, you know, you went on Michelle Malk and you talked about what you heard on the Antifa uh, call, the alleged Antifa call that. No, there was not an the, alleged. It was an Antifa call. That's why I was the there. Antifa call that this Antrim report that we just reviewed was out. Yeah. You were vindicated in December of 2020 like that. Like that, literally a month later. And it, and it centered on the adjudication process, which who owns the adjudication process? Eric Coomer. Eric Coomer. And when, you know, it, in David's closing remarks, when he was talking about courage, he's, you know, it, it's, this isn't about the evidence anymore. Um, the courage is to stop obstructing. It's yeah. to stop doubling down on a process and a vendor and a system that has been overwhelmingly proven to be fraudulent and, and ir irreparably flawed. And yet we see them and, you know, David and Aaron talked about having um, having, you know, they, they've been treated like like criminals. They're treated like trespassers. They're um, having, you know, being obstructed by by anybody who has a has the ability to obstruct them why if it's the safest and most secure election in history if it's super transparent and the gold standard and everything is phenomenal why all the obstruction why can't we look why has every audit been obstructed and and meddled with and had uh you know the unprecedented interference by whether it's the Biden DOJ or, you know, in the case of, of uh, Maricopa, you had the Senate going against the county, right? You have this obstruction happening everywhere. The fastest way to put this to bed is, is to open it up and let us look, but they won't. And they haven't. And they haven't. They've done everything to, in order for that not to happen. And they, while walking around saying that the, the evidence does not exist. Or it's been debunked. Right. It's been debunked. It's all been debunked. They never tell you how. They, they never show you. It's just, it's all been debunked. No evidence of election fraud. So, so listen, it, it manifests itself in who people are and their character. It manifests itself. I, look, I'm a warrior. I fight. I, I literally don't know how to not fight. And they picked the wrong guy. Because I just don't, I, I, I just... I love a fair fight. Let's go. I love unfair fights, which is what we're in right now. 
Yeah, it's a David and Goliath. But, right? but, when, we, but when we look at when we look at, and I'm going to say this: when you look at Eric Coomer and Dominion voting system, when you look at the system itself, you look at the liars that they were. You look at that video that we just played about in Antrim County that OAN did. By the way, one of the most courageous news organizations out there. Courageous news organizations out there. When you look at all of this, when you look at it on its face and otherwise, everything manifests itself into who they are. Everything. Eric Kumar ran into a building, lied. He has Satan on his arm. He publishes a paper where he sexually assaulted his wife. He talks about the fact that he has bi he's bipolar. He did, not me. And then scrubs the internet of information and then sues me with someone else's money. And all they want to say is, you didn't tape it. <laughs> oh, your notes. Well, there was a call, but it was a BLM call. Oh, the, the screenshot that you took using the Wayback Machine inside of Google was incomplete. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. They want to do everything to attack my character. I'm not getting arrested for, for anything. Oh, he talked about violence. I did, because people came to my house. And see, David and Aaron are facing that same thing. People are attacking them. And somebody wants to say that David is a deep state actor. Let me explain to you something. Deep state actors do not do what David did for three and a half hours with his wife. They don't do that in a, in if, because they're deep state actors. They don't stay so concise on the details of the actual factual data and go on and on and on. And even when, even when Shiva dropped out, Dr. Shiva dropped out, continued down the path. They could have stepped out at that point. They could have stepped out and said, oh, we lost Dr. Shiva. We got to go find somebody else. Uh, we don't want to do this anymore. Right. They could have squashed this every which way but Sunday. And every single one of us thinks about that. Just to be clear, every every single one of us that has been in this fight since Election Day, that has taken the hits, that is being slandered and defamed all over the place, we, we think about it. We don't dwell on it because the answer is 100% no. We can't lose this fight or our children are enslaved. And so, but we think about it. I could just walk away. I could walk away. I had a wonderful life before I started this. I blew up my life for this. You blew up your life for this. David and Aaron have blown up their life for this. And we're not going to stop. And how many good people across the nation have blown up their lives for this? Right. And when I said yesterday, we got to get in the gap and stand together, I'm looking for a few good men. I'm looking for people to have courage. I'm looking for people to sacrifice their time. I'm looking for people to become ambassadors of truth and defenders of those that are speaking truth. That's what I'm looking for. And I'm not sitting back and, and going on extravagant vacations. I'm not doing that. I'm working my ass off 12, 14 hours a day and not getting paid for it. And so we're going we're to expose these people. And frankly, you know, lawfare is actually something that could, should be used for good. And so we're going to use it for good. And we've gone through and, 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 and we've, we've talked over and over and over again. And people are like, oh, Joe, you got to watch out for that Joe guy because people say these things. Watch out for me for what? Show me the sacrifice they make when they're talking and running their mouth, and I'll show you mine. Show me theirs, and I'll show you ashes. Who, by the way, left all of that for, to, to walk into a valley that was insecure, unsafe, full of people throwing rocks and stones as you're walking up the hill to a near sudden death if you don't have faith and tell me that that's being done because we're trying to subvert the voice of the American people, not elevate it. 
But here's the thing, and David said it perfectly, we're not going away. We're not going to stop. On, um, you know, last year, I think it was last year, the, one of the local rags here put us on a list, uh, a yeah, numbered list. Election deniers. Uh, most dangerous election deniers in Colorado. You're on it. I'm on it. I, I dispute my, my ranking. I think I should be higher up. Sean <laughs> Smith is on it. Sharona Bishop is on it. Yeah. We're just people. We're just people who are unafraid of speaking the truth, and we're not going away. We can do this every two weeks. We can come back every two weeks. We can show up every day. We're, gonna, we're, we're not going away. This doesn't end. It doesn't end after the 2022 midterms because we're not going to have it has to be a, It has to be, a, permanent, has to be a, right. a permanent thing that we do. It has to be a permanent thing that we do. Permanent. Permanent. We have to permanently create an opportunity for ourselves a permanent opportunity for ourselves where we get to a place where we can monitor this forever. It will never go away again because the evil is always going to pop up, but we have to knock the evil out. Right. So we're out of time. And, um, but I want to I do two things. One, I want to talk about Conservative Daily memberships. And okay, so as, as we go through all of this stuff, I, I want you to know that I want you to become a Conservative Daily member, right? We, I, I am internally, we are eternally thankful for you being a listener at Conservative Daily. And we pursue truth and fight for our liberties. That's what we do. We continue to search for and provide the most accurate information and analysis that can be in order to better our nation. Everything that we say, and yes, do I have an opinion and do I voice it? Yes. Does Ash voice, voice your opinion? Yes. That's oh, yeah. what we're supposed to do. But we stand courageously. We stand courageously for 2,000 mules when Fox News can't, Newsmax can't because they put money over the interest of the American people. This is not about subverting anything. This is about protecting the, the spirit of our country. You wanna call it democracy, we're a constitutional republic, but we'll talk about the democracy. Democracy in our nation must be protected, not subverted, and they're doing everything they can to destroy it, and we will stand up against them. At Conservative Daily, you have an option to become a member with us. Um, Plans and Pricing page have an option to become an advocate, a defender, a patriot, a super patriot, or a founder. Each membership varies in access and discounts regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts or guests of the show, starting at $10 a month for the advocate membership all the way up to $500 a month for the founders membership. Conservative Daily members will not, be a, will, will not only be a part of a brave community fighting for one another, but also have the ability to have valuable input. You'll notice that I always ask for input. Ash asks for input. I read the input. Um, and a voice of change in their community. Become an advocate. So go to Conservative Daily, Conservative, excuse me, conservative-daily.com and sign up to become a member today. Um, yeah. So, and we talk about FEC United and the things that we've been doing at FEC United. I just want you to know, become a member of Conservative Daily, but if you want to grow an organization in your community, man, reach out. Reach out to the show and um, let them know that you want to get a hold of FEC United. You can send me an email. Um, actually, I'm not going to read it on here, but you, 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 can, you can reach out to the show, and they'll reach out and, and uh, get that over to FEC United, the people in membership, excuse me, in creating a new chapter or charter. Um, but we need to have those in every state, every city in every state. Um, and we need to get away from doing business with big, big um, industry. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Asha. And I am Joe Oltman. If you want to hear us live, go to conservative-daily.com. Go to Rumble, DLive, uh, CloudHub, and Frank Speech. 
And at 4 o'clock, we go live on Lindell TV, too. So you can see us there as well, live there. Um, if you want to listen to the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, um, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Go over there and give us a five-star review. And if you like what you heard, please share it with those that need to hear it. If you need a reminder when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. Also, you can sign up below for our... Um, uh, fax blast system, so which is really good. Always talk to your congressman. One thing that when you get into the fax blast, by the way, you can change your response to Congress and it goes directly to them. So you can alter it as well. <sighs> so that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I want to thank you. Thanks, Ash, for being a warrior. Hey, thank you. We're all in this together. We are in it together. And courage is more infectious than fear. God, God bless you all. God bless.